Oh, fuck, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Anyway. That's how we start. Uh, oh, oh, fuck, God, it's this hard. is difficult. Um, all right. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Coffee Shop. This is a podcast that uh, me and my dear friend Dakota are starting to kind of figure out the truth of the universe to the best of our abilities as uh, weird college students. Uh, do you want to play Dakota? Do you want to play Dakota? Yeah, you, you can do either. I've told you this <laughs> I know, but for the, the purpose of this. Oh no, I, I think for this, let's do Dakota. Yeah, let's go with it. Okay. Do you want to restart it? No, to I like this. To... Okay. Well, anyway, that was authentic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Cody, why did you want to start this? Um, I don't know. I, uh, throughout my entire life, I've always been a very, I wouldn't say skeptical person, <laughs> but I always want to know the reason why mm-hmm. things work. I mean, I remember uh, when I was like five. I asked my mom, I kept like badgering her about questions about why things work the way they did. Um, I even asked her, I was like, why is red? And she was like, what? And I was like, why is red? <laughs> like not, why is it a color? Why is it, why is red? Or why does it exist? And she was baffled mm-hmm. by that. But yeah. I, I don't know. I just find everyone's unique perspective on the universe and on our world and our society uh, and the way we live I find that so interesting. Yeah, Everyone really. has their own specific narrative that they're playing out in their mind. And I think this is the coolest thing. So I want to, if nothing else, get to know more people, understand their perspective on the world, and maybe kind of start to understand, I don't know, more of our similarities than our mm-hmm. differences. Totally. You know? I started um, taking religion classes for gen eds my freshman year of college, and then pretty quickly made that into my minor. Um, and now I actually have it as my second major. Um, because when you start studying it, you're like, oh my gosh, these are all very different, but also all pretty much the same. So when you told me that you were interested in doing this project, I got really excited because I was like, this is something that I definitely connect with and kind of understand that interest in understanding how similar they really are, because there's so many variants that you're not going to find in a textbook. Um, so many things that are a lot more difficult to understand than just like, I go to church on Sundays and this is how it works for me, or I believe in nothing. (laughs) The universe is a, is a deep, dark void. Um, so it's like, I think there's middle ground. It's really cool. So I'm excited for this. I'm really glad that you're working on this with me too, because you actually are a religions and philosophy major, you know? (laughs) I, I genuinely know nothing about this, only from what like I can study and what I can Mm -hmm. feel. And so, I don't know, I feel like I've learned a lot through my own life, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and the different things I've had to study or wanted to study and learned, but I'm glad to know that I have a professional here to help (laughs) me out. A ungraduated professional that has half my credits. Close enough. I I own at least one textbook about maybe God. (laughs) Could Um, be. (laughs) So yeah, this is a a conversational interview podcast. Uh, We've come up with, you know, a list of different questions where we pretty much just want to be like, hey what do you think about this? And some of them are really small. Um, and some of them are the huge questions of life that we all kind of wonder about from when we're little kids to even now when we're, uh, young adults and beyond that. Um, but before we get into our crazy, weird, maybe deep conversations, uh, we want to start off our show with a segment called, what did you learn this week? Uh, this is something I got from my mom. Um, I was homeschooled when I was a kid and I always got really anxious about, uh, if I was learning anything, and my mom would usually ask me at some point in the week, well, what did you learn today? What did you learn this week? And I learned pretty quickly that no matter what you do in a day, you're always learning something, and it's uh, really sparked my passion for learning. Um, and so I kind of wanted to bring that into this. So, so uh, Cody, what did, what did you learn this week? Hmm. What did I learn this week? 
<laughs> I like I'm looking back over my week and trying to think what even happened. It's been such a long week. I'm tired. It's a long laborious process. Of you know college. what I learned? I learned that if everyone fails uh, your first test in a class, mm-hmm. that your teacher will take note of that at least a little bit. <laughs> Uh, if everyone does bad, the teacher might not feel so good. Yes, exactly. I, I have one class yeah. with one specific teacher, he who shall not be named, um, that he, t- he doesn't know, I don't think, how to run Blackboard or set up quizzes <laughs> yeah. because there's, there's things that are still in week three that I was just finishing up like at the beginning of the week and then things in week five and six that he's like just started to add on that mm-hmm. are like due. At the same time, Mm -hmm. it's really weird and unorganized, and a lot of the information you need to do well on quizzes, uh, you only get after you're supposed to take the quiz. Mm -hmm. So that that makes that makes good sense for learning. Yeah, right. Uh, But luckily, luckily, most of us did fairly poorly. Like I I got an (laughs) eighty. Luckily, we all did bad. (laughs) I mean, it sounds bad, but really, the whole the whole class is on a group me, and we're all on board with this. Um, Let's just tank this one so he knows. Yeah, yeah. I, I did my best and still got an 81. Like, I really didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, so he took note of that. He said he's going to make less quizzes and stuff. But I don't know if that's going to fix the underlying issue. Maybe not. We'll see. But uh, I guess what you can take away from that, what I learned this week, is to have open and honest communication. <laughs> open and honestly <laughs> communicate with your professors. Let them know their class sucks. By Please failing your first test. That's how. That's the yeah. most open and honest communication. <laughs> Are you, you about to go to college? Take this hot tip. Fail your first test. <laughs> Fail it. Just bomb it. <laughs> really? Fr- that's what freshman year is all about, is failing and learning. <laughs> We're college juniors. Yeah! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Georgia, what did, what did you learn this week? I learned this week that there are not as many mummies as there should be because rich people ate them. Huh? Would you like me to elaborate? Please on that? elaborate on that. Okay, I'm so concerned. I came across this article this week um, that was like connected. A lot of my uh, articles for school end up through like like the history sites, and so I got down this one that was like, so why do we only have mummies in museums of royalty? And I was like, huh, I've never thought about this. And you look at it, and they're like, so in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, they mummified everybody. So there should be as many mummies as people die, you know, barring, like, you know, extreme fires or something, which wasn't, you know, a huge deal. Right. So basically, uh, people from Europe went over and started excavating these tombs of people who were not royalty. Um, And they were like, oh my gosh, here's all these mummies. What do we do with them? We don't need that many to go in museums. Somehow there was this change of, of understanding where someone got into their mind that they should grind up the mummies and eat them as medicine? And then they did that until 1924. That's like a several hundred Whoa. years. Whoa. Until they got into like late 18th century and they're like, we are running out of mummies. That's not even a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. You can like get print magazines still that like at the bottom are like, you want to buy some mummy? Don't oh worry. my um, God. Yummy. Eat it up. That's terrifying. Um, yeah. So we, so we, the, the, the Europeans ate the mummies. Um, and that's why we don't have a ton. It, and like on a Saturn note, it like also really impacted, um, 
how much history we have about ancient Egypt because we know more about the rich people than the poor people because the poor people got eaten by rich people, which is re- that's like a whole new level of colonialism being disgusting. Yeah, man. Eat the um, rich, am I right? Yeah. Eat, eat the rich, not the so mummified. they don't dirt. eat you. Yeah, eat the rich before they get to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is, uh, that's what I learned to week. That's what, the, what? learn to week? That that's is what I, I learned to week, too. <laughs> I learned to week. Um, I learned that this week, and I told my coworkers that at 9 a.m., and they didn't find it as fun as you did. I'm, I'm sh- I feel like, I don't know, I can understand that. If I was getting into the shop at 9 a.m., and I had just, like, stayed up all night, of course, doing my homework. <laughs> Your weird manager, like, shuffles in and goes, hey, I, why do you think we want to have a mummies? <laughs> do you guys know what happened to mummies? I do! <laughs> just like, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> Shocked freshman, just like, I don't know. Can I go? Mummies, what do you think? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh. I'm just here with an acting major. I don't know what yeah, I'm doing. Very unclear what, what? what happened. Uh, yeah, but that's God. that's what I learned this week. That's so. incredibly interesting. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, I uh, will be bringing in more absurd history facts because I have like a backlog of weird information. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a bonus one for you. Male platypi have poisonous back toes. That's kind of sick, know? though. Imagine just like... Oh, yeah. Being a male platypus, just walking around, just, you see a fucking bear or something, you're you like, you know what? Bah. Fuck you. Kick him. You just, <laughs> just cursed on that bitch. <laughs> Poisoned. Platypus curve stomps a bear. <laughs> you, you just, like, see the picture, and it's it's a platypus with a hat, and you're like, bad in a platypus. Bad in a platypus. God. Okay. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I guess we should probably get into this into uh, podcast that we're here for. So, right, here we go. I got, uh, I want to say I got coffee, but instead I got very cold water. Yeah. Uh, It's, you know, it's the middle of the day and not the time for coffee. But next Uh, time. Next time, uh, we should record this in the morning. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Just uh, getting our morning coffee anyway, except I don't drink coffee nearly enough. I drink coffee every day because I have a caffeine addiction. Wow. Brought on by being a double major in college. (laughs) Um, So yeah, here we are. Here we are. We're going to do the podcast now after talking for several minutes. (laughs) Um, So for today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing my co-host, Dakota Benfield. Say hi! Yeah, he- hello! <laughs> hi again, everyone. It's not like I've been talking for the past I, five minutes. I anyway. felt like a second introduction would be nice. <laughs> hi, <laughs> I am Dakota Benfield, your co-host uh, on this podcast. <laughs> hello, good day. Hello, good day, uh, how are so you? So our first very casual question mm-hmm. um, is, uh, who are you? Uh, okay, so this is such a hard question for me. I can remember the first uh, job interview I ever had uh, at my old Highway 55. That's where I worked. It was a great job. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed cooking a lot. But for the interview, uh, the manager asked me that exact question. He just said, who are you? And I didn't know how to react. I didn't know what to say to that because that was like, um, who am I? I'm, I, I don't know. I have it on my resume. My name is right there. Um, so I told him, I was like, uh, let's see, first of all, first and foremost, I am an actor. I was so upfront about that. Like, at a stupid fry cook job, I was like, I am an actor, and it will be my first priority no matter what. And I told him that, I was like, I might, 
there might be like some weeks where I'm just gonna have to like not be there because I'll be in shows and he was like okay Mm -hmm. that happened maybe like twice but you know totally valid um so I guess we'll start there I I am an actor I uh I've been doing theater my whole entire life or close to it when I was eight years old um my sister was 10 and she was told by a friend or something to go audition for a Christmas Carol uh, at the Nash Arts Community Theater Mm -hmm. uh, in Nashville, North Carolina. And we went and she auditioned and I sat there with my mom the entire time. Didn't want to audition, but the directors saw me and they were like, him. And I was (laughs) just like, what? uh, I remember my first director ever, I love him so much. He walked up to me and he was like, hey, do you want to do you want to audition to be in the show? And I told him flat out, I said, no. <laughs> Honesty is important. I don't want to go up on that stage, actually. <laughs> uh, and he was like, come on, could could you please just sing happy birthday? And I was like, oh, you know what? If it'll get you off my back, fine. So little eight-year-old me walked up onto that stage. It was like an old church mm-hmm. that had just been like refurbished to be a theater. And I sang happy birthday uh, to no one in particular, of course. And then I got the role of Tiny Tim, and that's how it started. I, I the big break. Oh, I loved it too. I as soon as I got on the stage and there was an audience, I felt an adrenaline rush like no other. Mm. Uh, and I've been doing theater ever since, like through high school and middle school. It was like four shows a year, mm-hmm. at least. And it's funny getting to college has been, like, the least amount of shows I've been in yeah. in so long. It's weird. We're in school for theater. We don't do that many we shows. We don't do that many shows. And it's, like, I get it now because of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I, I've had to do a lot of, like, thinking about who I am as a person over the past couple of months. Just because, especially during quarantine, you really don't have anything else. You just are. And so I try to say, that, or I'd like to say that, like, I try to be just a loving person. I, I care about my friends and the people who are close to me, like, above everything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I wouldn't say that my friends define me at all. Like, they don't make me me, but they make up a big part of my life, mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. Um, as you can see, I'm super into The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. That's, that you guys staple. can't see, but there is literally a shrine to Legends of Zelda directly behind us. It's with much, much Zelda paraphernalia. It's the best series. It's my it's my favorite one. I've literally, I've played that my entire well, that's life. That really leads into our next question. Yeah. What is your favorite piece of media that you have ever oh, consumed? Oh, damn. See, that's hard too, though. That's hard too because I, I don't know. I love Zelda as a franchise and as a game. Um, but media includes so much. It's mm-hmm. not just... Yeah. A, a game or favorite movie or favorite music it's all of it I hmm I would definitely say it's up there yeah uh, that the game Earthbound was one of my favorites especially in middle school mm-hmm. got me through a lot uh, and I would say that's definitely up there as one of my favorite pieces of media but I think mm-hmm. my favorite of all time goes back to the first song I remember hearing that wasn't like an in-church song? Yeah. A hymn sung by the <laughs> choir? No, it was... Have you heard the song American Pie by Don McLean? Of course I have. Yes, I love that song. It's and a I wonderful song. It, It's definitely probably my favorite yeah. piece of media, just because... That's really cool. It means a lot to me. I, it was 
actually with that Christmas Carol cast. Uh, the pianist was, uh-huh. he played at like bars and different places, but he just like knew a ton of songs. And so he started playing that after our last show. Uh-huh. And the whole cast just kind of went around and sang it. And I hadn't heard the, like, heard the song before, but everyone around me knew it. Yeah. And they were just like all singing it together. And it was really nice. And I've grown up with that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just kind of playing as, like, a little theme in the mm-hmm. background of my life. It's been really nice. That's so cool. I yeah. definitely think that first, like, piece of music that you hear that's not, like, what you're raised around right. is really defining, like, uh, I, my, me and my sister are four years apart. She was really into the Killers in, like, her middle school oh, phase. Yeah. So in elementary school, I would hear her and her best friend, like, jamming out to the Killers. Um, and even though, like, I, I love them and they're not, like, one of my favorite bands... Um, they've kind of shaped the kind of music that I'm into, and mm-hmm. I think of those memories as like, oh, this shaped what I enjoy now. Absolutely. Oh, I love seeing that, like, mm-hmm. in my own life, how I can just, like, pinpoint different things that shape the way I am. It's, yeah. it's so interesting. And, like, it's little things like that, mm-hmm. always. always. It's just, like, the songs you listen to, the people you hung out with, and, like, things that didn't really seem like a big deal at the time mm-hmm. turn out to, like, shape and create the person that you are. Yeah. Is there one really defining memory from your childhood that has made you who you are today? Who, um, I've got a lot of, uh, really strong defining memories, Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. But, uh, something, uh, a more positive one, I'd say. Yeah, it doesn't have to be traumatic. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Aside from a lot of traumatic ones that it just, like, I don't know, I felt like made me grow up too quickly, mm-hmm. which is, if you know me and you're listening to this, doesn't sound right at all. Yeah. I, I tend to act like a very, yeah, I tend to act a little immature, mm-hmm. for sure. And But like with reason. With reason, yeah. absolutely. But a lot of that is just because like, in a lot of parts of my life, I've had to grow up faster yeah. and like be more mature. And so whatever chance I get, I like to lighten the mood, be a little immature, and it's just more fun. Yeah, and and there's like a a big difference between something defining your personality and something uh, impacting how you react to that situation. Right. Like reacting to crisis is so different from like becoming who you are. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, But I would say it's not one specific event, but it's Mm -hmm. an event that happened a lot. Um, It started with me and my best friend, Ethan, Mm -hmm. uh, we would sit there, and every time he would come over, he was, like, one of my first friends that I would, like, have sleepovers with and stuff. So we would always just, like, leave my house and go out on a walk. Because, like, I lived in a fairly secluded neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, gated or anything. Mm-hmm. But it, my whole neighborhood was just a freaking maze. And so I never worried about, like, anything dangerous happening back there. So we would just go on walks and stuff. And for the first time in my life, like, we discussed life. Like this, just on a peer-to-peer level. Yeah. And I think that was something that really shaped, I don't know, the way I look at things and the person totally. I am. I, I love to sit there and just discuss. I don't want anyone to be completely sure of the answers because no one really is. Yeah. Uh, I know that, like, adults aren't. Like, just just because you're an adult doesn't mean you know everything. Trust me, as an adult, I know. <laughs> we are for sure faking it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was something, in, in those moments no one acted like they knew. Yeah. You know, and it, it grew from just me and him to, you know, my friends Christian and Jacob and a, a whole bunch of that old group. We would all, like, just go out there and it'd be three in the morning and we'd just <laughs> be walking up and down the streets. Probably looked kind of terrifying to anyone, like, <laughs> in the sketchy. houses. We're just, like, a bunch of high school dudes just walking down the street. But, like, I don't know. We we worked through issues together. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about, like, you know, 
real life issues. Yeah. Uh, I put them in air quotes there just because, like, the things that are important in high school seem mm-hmm. so, you know, easy. Yeah. And they so have far weight, weight then, but not as much weight now. Right. But it's definitely helped shape me into the person I am in the way that, like, I deal with problems. I, I, and what's important to me. Yeah. Because I, friendship is, like, the most important thing to me. Like, being there for those people, caring about them, listening to them, mm-hmm. extremely important. So I'd say that is just a memory that is, that definitely shaped yeah, really who defining. I am. Yeah. So you said that that's something that's really important to you. Um, my next question is, is what in your life brings you the most joy? Mm. Wow. <laughs> oh, is it sad that I can't like just sit there and something? Um, I know. Oh, I know it sounds so cheesy that I'm like, oh, it's friendship and flowers. <laughs> friendship and flowers. But like, yeah, it, it's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing. It's not just, like, bringing me happiness. Because happiness mm-hmm. and joy are two very different things. Totally. But knowing that I have people that care, you know? Mm-hmm. Knowing that I can wake up, start my day, even though I'm, like, here alone most of the time. I'll, I'll wake up and I'll be like, there are people that care about me. Mm-hmm. And they care about me the way that, like, they care that I'm there. They care that I care about them. Yeah. And that we can hang out and just be, you know, mm-hmm. I, that brings me a lot of joy. That, I think. that is really cool. Um, also being able to act like doing, doing anything that I love doing. I mean, it could be as simple as skateboarding. I, I was out skateboarding today with Connor and it was a great time. Yeah. Stuff like that brings me joy. Yeah, totally. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, definitely just like being able to feel that love there, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Yeah. Brings me the most joy. So when you were in high school or like five-ish years ago, where did you think you were going to be now? Mm. Five years ago, let's see. So that was, that was 2015. You know, I really, I really don't know. I can think back to like being that age and me and my friends would be talking about like the future mm-hmm. and everything. Um, one of my best friends, Christian, has cystic fibrosis. And so mm-hmm. he like planned on not going to college. Which was just a big shock to me. Someone who had grown up here and like, you have to go to college, you have to go to college. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first person that I knew that really diverged from the regular life path most people go on. Yeah, totally. You know? um, but when I was like looking towards the future, it's weird. I never really thought too far ahead. And that, that might be a shortcoming of mine. Because <laughs> uh, I, I can worry about the future all I want, but planning for the future, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, Back in 2015, and like 2016, and like around that time in my life, I just knew that I wanted to do theater. Mm-hmm. Again, I knew that was going to, like, that's where my life was supposed to go. I didn't know for sure how I was going to get there, or what college I was going to go to, mm-hmm. but I, I had the general idea that I'd be in college, I'd be getting a major in musical theater, and... Who knows? Maybe I'd be auditioning for Broadway shows at this point. Maybe I'd already be on Broadway. Yeah. Why not? Um, I think I think in 2016, when I went up with iTheatrics to uh, New York and we did a workshop of Chicago High School Edition, mm-hmm. which I don't believe ever saw the light of day because it's Chicago and a high school edition? Okay. Ooh. Yeah, so I, I don't know what happened to that, but I thought it was big shit. Mm-hmm. I, like, I got there, 
And I was like, oh, oh wow, I got, you know, cast in this. I got invited to be here, whoa. And then I got cast as Amos. And, Love it. Oh, it was so fun. It was a great time. But at the same time, I was just like, and I'm a lead? Okay, I'm just destined for Broadway. <laughs> and looking back on that, it's so egotistical and dumb. I, I, and I think it's funny, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but now looking ahead, it's, it's a lot different because it's yeah. not like, I don't know. I don't know that I see myself on Broadway in yeah. five or ten years. Mm-hmm. I, maybe. That'd be awesome. But what I really want to do now, and another reason I'm so glad we're doing this, is I, I just want to make my own yeah. things. I want to make my own art. I want to make my own media yeah. and get my own voice out there. You know, and I think mm-hmm. that this is a really important part of that. Mm-hmm. Because for the first time in a while, I am. We're yeah. just doing our own thing. I totally agree. And it's, it's so cool. I yeah. Taking that pressure off of it. yourself is kind of a, a really almost sacred thing that, that like, right. you don't hear a lot about when you, like, move into adulthood. People don't really talk about that that moment that I've kind of heard from a lot of people that I've talked to lately where they just kind of realize that maybe the thing you were so convinced you had to be isn't that big of a deal. It's not it. Um, so that kind of leads me into to another question that I have yeah. about your, your childhood. Ooh, I, no. I sound like, like, a, like an old therapist. <laughs> about the childhood. Um, so God. if you could go back in time and tell your younger self anything, you, you can give your younger self advice, but you only have three sentences, what do you say to your younger self? Hmm. Ooh, that's really good. Three it's a sentences. big boy question. That's a big boy question. <laughs> that, like... I could really alter my whole life. Yeah. Um, avoid some huh, less than ideal <laughs> scenarios. Uh, but I don't think I would. Yeah. Because I think those specific things shape me into the person I am now. Yeah. I think if there were any really important things that I would tell my younger self, I mean, first of all, it'd be, hey... You know, God is real. Religion, not so much. <laughs> um, but also, think for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't ever be ashamed of yourself, the person that you are. I had, I had a lot of trouble with that. I still have a lot of trouble with that. Yeah. And I think if I was able to sit there and tell my younger self, just like, don't get wrapped up in everyone else's ideas. Mm-hmm. Don't sit there and think that anyone else knows the answers better than you. Um, like, of course, take advice when it's warranted. Mm-hmm. But don't don't just blindly follow anyone. Yeah. I think that'd be the biggest advice. Yeah. Because I, I definitely did that too much. I, I put my, you know, my parents on a pedestal. I put the people in my community on a pedestal. Like, pastors. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I thought... They knew everything. Yeah. I thought, okay, here's the person that knows, you know, what the afterlife is, what this whole thing's about. And when you really get into it, they don't. Yeah, totally. And and so that that was a big shocking thing for Mm -hmm. me, especially like when I was really coming to terms with that here at college. Um, For a while there, I went through that denial, like atheistic phase where I was like, nothing's real. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Which, again, it's like if you find fulfillment in that, yeah, totally fine. But if if that's dragging you down in a way, it's a totally different scenario. Exactly, exactly. And for me, it is because I I can tell there's more, you know, at least for me, I 
feel that there's more, but I couldn't like place it. So I just kind of tried to forget about it, but it's just come back mm-hmm. up yeah. over and over again. So. so you're kind of already answering what my next question was, but are you religious or spiritual? And uh, if so, what do you believe in? Whew. So this is fun because this is one of the reasons I want to do the podcast to figure this one out. Uh, but I guess we're on a quest to figure out what we believe in. <laughs> but I guess this is this is a good place. Yeah, to what do you believe start. in right now, today? Right now, and if this today. changes, always okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it changes. We'll see what convinces me. Uh, which, by the way, what I believe is like so broad. It's, <laughs> pretty much anything could. Um, so, the term pantheism. Do you mm-hmm. know? You know that is yes. Um, it's just, like, the belief that everything is God. Like, everything is part of God. Mm-hmm. And so the universe, as, like, in the whole big picture, is God. Like, every being... Divine every, oneness. Yeah, it's divine oneness. Everyone has an energy in them that is, like, uniquely there. Some mm-hmm. people would call it a soul. Some people would call it, you know, spirit, whatever. Um and I totally believe in that. I know that's there. I mean, I've meditated, I've been meditating for like a few months now mm-hmm. and it's just like so clearly there that there's something yeah. that's not you. Cause you can sit there and observe your thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's not you thinking them. your brain is just doing that automatically. There's a separation there between you, the thing that is perceiving and you know, your brain that's thinking and mm-hmm. your body that's doing there's like, and it's cool because like, if you look at, uh, Christianity with the Holy Trinity there, like Father, Son, Spirit. Yeah, totally. That's totally there. Uh, I don't know exactly which one I would put with which. Yeah. But the the general idea is there. It's mm-hmm. like mind, body, spirit. Yeah. And so I think that's super interesting. But uh, I totally, I buy into the idea of pantheism and mm-hmm. that everything is divine in itself just yeah. for being. Um, I think that in general, like the universe, God, whatever, is working towards good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for the most part, it's like working towards good. Yeah. Uh, There is bad in the universe and that's just part of it, but without bad, there wouldn't be good. So do you think that evil is, is, or bad is, is separate from the divinity of the universe? Or do you think it's like a part of it, like a balance? I think it's a part of it. I totally do. I think, I think there's a duality in most things that you look at and it just takes zooming out of that picture, mm-hmm. uh, of that duality to see that it, oh, together it just makes up yeah. a whole picture. It makes up the one thing. So, yeah, I totally believe, believe that it's a part of it. I also uh, have been recently talking to one of my friends who is really into, like, Norse religions. Mm, so cool. Uh, super cool. And the idea of, like, polytheism. And it kind of works out in, like, what I believe. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I think that there could be, there's much more than this. I know that. And it's just like so incomprehensible, mm-hmm. but I probably couldn't understand it. Um, there's a bunch of things that get into like quantum physics and string theory mm-hmm. where it'll sit there. You can prove that there is a fifth dimension and a sixth dimension and a seventh. And it, you have to get all the way to, I believe, ten. Mm-hmm. Like ten dimensions to prove the ones uh, below it. Mm-hmm. We live in the third dimension. Um and then with Einstein's law of relativity, with gravity, that's the fourth dimension. Fifth dimension would be, like, energy. Mm-hmm. And we can see that it's there. In science, we can see that it's there, but we have no way to quantify it. And that's why it's still string theory, not yeah. string fact. Yeah. 
Um, it's, it's so interesting that, that most um, religious theories, even, even the ones that we like look at as almost like scientific law or non-religious theories, like right. they're almost still, they're always theories because we're always right. still kind of trying to discover what the, the truth is there. Exactly. And I wonder if we'll ever really land on anything... I, don't, I, I really don't. I think we'll, I don't think we'll ever land on anything as a whole. Where we're all like, no, that makes sense no, for everybody. I, I don't think so. Yeah. But I do think at some point, like science and spirituality are going to kind of come together mm-hmm. because I mean, you almost see that happening. If we can figure out a way to quantify mm-hmm. that energy, then yeah, you'll start to see it because we can tell that there is more in us. Yeah. We just don't really know how to weigh that. Yeah, I mean um, that makes sense. It's it's less tangible. Yeah. So I totally believe that maybe like. Jesus or other like divine gods are up there chilling in another dimension and like helping us out. Just hanging out. People talk about like spirit guides and higher selves. Totally sold on that. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. I just think that, cause I think that each of us has like our spirit, our divinity, whatever it is that we'll keep going. Yeah. It's not just like just here and then we die and nothing. Yeah. I think it's just a different level of perceiving mm-hmm. on like a different realm. And I, I think it's a, outside of time yeah a little bit i think we're kind of limited here in these 3d bodies but yeah so really i'm pretty open to a lot um but i i don't think it's i don't know that it's gonna ever be any one thing that like we can define yeah you know or any just like one spirituality yeah you know or like like it's not gonna be under a religion yeah, that makes sense. I don't yeah. think so. Believing in divinity, but not believing in something right. set. I, I heard that uh, religion is like fingers on a hand. Mm-hmm. How it's just different ways to describe one thing, which is just life, all yeah. of this. Yeah. And so I believe that all religions have like truth in them. Mm-hmm. And that it's just kind of like wisdom put in there, like as little guidelines to kind of live your life by. Yeah. But it's not really getting into like the bigger picture. Totally. Um, I mean, you think people wrote those books like two, 3,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think maybe we might understand more now, you know? Yeah, yeah. We've grown a lot as, as a human race. Exactly. Um, so what do you think happens when we die? Huh. Uh, I, another big hitter. Another question. big hitter. And like, it's so funny because I'm so ready to ask all of these questions. Yeah. People. <laughs> answering them is significantly and, like, harder. To talk about them. Yeah. Answering them and being like, what, what do I think? Oh, yeah. oh uh, my God. An unbiased person. Um, I, I really like, and I was talking to Peyton about this. I really mm-hmm. like her idea about what happens when you die or at least part of it. Um, I think your energy like moves on from your body and you're able to go whether it's into like a fifth dimension or just like a, you're able to perceive mm-hmm. the world differently but um she was talking to me about how you, your spirit then has the choice to like go into like uh the ether or whatever the mm-hmm. oneness of everything where you'll like just kind of flow through all of it, all become of nature, a part of the become a part of the divinity, maybe like an animal reincarnation for sure. Yeah. I totally, I am a hundred percent sold on reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Okay. 98% sold on reincarnation. It just, <laughs> it makes sense with the other views I have yeah, in the yeah. world. And I think that you can either go be a part of the oneness, the everything, the universe at large, or you can go back and be like a soul Yeah. again. And I, I like to think that your higher self, your 
um, soul when it's in that form. Yeah. Kind of plans things out. You'll mm-hmm. sit there and plan out a little, like, choose your own adventure mm-hmm. life for yourself where you're going to learn things and you're going to yeah. grow. Um, and I think that's that's the universe anyway. We're yeah. always constantly evolving, growing, and changing. Totally. And I think that's no different for us. We just get to sit there and go back into this weird, wacky simulation and just kind of forget about all that yeah. and relearn things or learn for the first time. I mean, depending on what you set up for yourself. So instead of death being like smashing the Game Boy with a hammer, it's like your character dies and it says game over and then you do it again, but now you already know what happens in the level. Yeah, you already know what happens in the level or you just put it in a different game. Just not something totally new. This time yeah. I'm a horse. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I think that's really cool. It's, a, it's a definitely a, a cool way to think about reincarnation as, as an informed right. attempt at life. Yeah, I, I think... Totally. And especially because the way that I use view the universe, um, we're constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. We're constantly growing and changing. I mean, that's just the way of the universe. It's yeah. nature to sit there and try to be better, to do yeah. more. And I think that like the whole universe is growing. So that means that our souls would be too. Yeah. Like that's why we would we, we, whoa. <laughs> we would keep <laughs> we would keep coming back down here, reincarnating, trying to just grow and learn more. Yeah. And what we're eventually getting to, I don't know. I don't know. Some, like, uh, in Buddhism, it's just trying to get to that place of nothingness where you can, like, find the enlightenment and just, like, stop. Mm -hmm. Get to nirvana and you stop perceiving and you're just part of the oneness. And, you know, I like that idea, but I feel like I'm too curious a person for that. Yeah. You you don't want to stop. You don't want to hit the end. I don't think I want to stop. No, I don't. And... What I genuinely think is that it's so much more complex than we could ever realize. Like, no matter what, we're just going to... Our energy is going to keep moving, keep growing. Yeah. Until the universe becomes what it's supposed to be. Or, mm-hmm. you know, inevitably dies from heat death and restarts. Yeah. Like... So, in that, uh, in this realm of, you know, very easy questions that yeah. have easy answers... Right, right, of course. Um, what do you think the meaning of life is? the contemplative sigh of probably the most difficult question we can ever ask I think if we're going with my beliefs as of right now Mm -hmm. uh, I think that since we're each on our little journey our little narrative that we have set up to sit there and learn what we're supposed to in this life Mm -hmm. or do what we're supposed to achieve that goal um, I think the meaning of life is to First of all, enjoy it yeah. and like love being alive because it's despite all the horrible lows that you can feel, there are some amazing yeah. things in it. Like just especially living up here in Callaway, I'm able to go up to the airport whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's incredible! Mm-hmm. And I can just watch the sunset. We live in the middle of some of the most beautiful nature. It's it's gorgeous. I mean, there's mountains all around. It's the Blue Ridge Mountains. And, oh, my God. Sunny days. You can just go up there, and you see why it's called the Blue Ridge Mountain. They're, mm-hmm. just, it's they're like sky blue. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And so I think moments like that are part of the reason I'm here anyway, mm-hmm. just to experience that. Because um, the way I'm set up, I'm an ENFP. Yeah. And so... Myers-Briggs. Like, yeah, Myers-Briggs. <laughs> like, importance on those NF, the mm-hmm. intuition and feeling... Um, I, I think that's just part of like my, what, maybe what my spirit wanted to experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, cause I enjoy it. I love yeah. it. And 
you know, I may not know everything. I may not have the best practical judgment skills. Um, <laughs> we're growing, we're growing. We're growing, we're growing, we're learning. But, man, it's moments like that that I live for. And there's things that I, I'll do that other people won't because maybe they're smarter or maybe I'm just, like, that good at driving. But, like, I'll, I'll sit there and speed. I'll sit there and ride my skateboard down, like, the biggest hills. But it's just, like, I get this incredible... It's not just adrenaline, but this, mm -hmm. like feeling of being first of all like in the flow of the universe i'm yeah. like oh this is i feel right here yeah and then i don't know just feeling like i can leave everything else if there's yeah. like a moment where i can just be and it's perfect and so i live for those moments and i think we're supposed to learn and we're supposed to grow mm -hmm. we're supposed to change and evolve and get rid of bad habits and, and <laughs> you know i i think we're all supposed to be moving to a place of love because yeah. I think that is truth that is God like at the very end of the day the best thing you can do is love other people yeah and just share that love around because if we are just you know parts of the universe why not just like put love out yeah and make it give what you can give what you can we'll grow mm -hmm. more we'll learn from each other I we were talking about like dichotomies earlier yeah. dualities and I see one just in general in life mm -hmm. with most people. Yeah. It's either love or fear. It's not like love or hate mm -hmm. because no one's just out there. Some people are out there just to hate, mm -hmm. but it normally comes that, from that place of fear. It right? comes from that place of fear. They don't understand. We hate what we don't, or we hate what we fear and we fear what we don't understand. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the love comes in. If you can love those people, if you can try to talk to them, explain to them, enlighten them if you will mm -hmm. about just like being a good person and loving then they can grow and yeah. as a universe as a collective we all grow yeah that kind of is what keeps us together absolutely so, i have two more questions yeah but one of them that i just kind of thought of while you were talking mm -hmm. um I, i've recently been like reflecting a lot on the concept of like contentment and how that's something that i really am looking like looking for in my life most frequently more more than most other feelings but I was curious, do you feel content right now in your life? That's so interesting because I, again, over the summer, while I've been getting into a lot more into spirituality, meditation, all of that, the whole point of that is to try to let go of your ego. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part because, you know, your spirit, your soul, your yourself is not your ego. It's not like when you asked me earlier, what... Who are you? Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, my love for Zelda games or my love for theater. That's yeah. not me. Mm -hmm. Those things kind of make up my identity and what I identify as here. But those aren't me. Mm -hmm. If I could say one thing that I try to be, that I strive to be, there's definitely fear in there. Mm -hmm. But I try to be love. Mm -hmm. Like, that's who I want to be. Yeah. And... I'm so sorry. I forgot the question. Please, please <laughs> are you me. content? Am I content? I... <laughs> Yeah. I'd say I'm getting there. Yeah. My, here's the thing. I've come to a resolution in my life where I totally could just like forget my ego, go be a Buddhist monk in a tower somewhere. Live and, on top of a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and that'd be fine. Cause like I could sit there and let go of the world mm -hmm. and I could just be, and I would feel like that oneness, that like perfection, that just being my spirit. But I also know that maybe I'm here for a reason. Maybe there is something mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do. So I feel contentment in the fact that, like, I'm me. I'm okay. I'm yeah. here. And I have good friends who love me. 
but I don't feel contentment in the way that, like, I feel like I've done everything I'm supposed to. Yeah, I don't feel satisfied. There's some urgency, even though we, like, again, shouldn't care too much about our egos. Mm -hmm. There is this urgency that's there for me. I don't know what it is. I felt it my whole life, though. I've been, like, always in a hurry to grow up. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm here, I'm just like, but what am I supposed to do with it? (laughs) What am I doing? And I think this is the first step, at least, in finding what that's supposed to be. Yeah, totally. And so I'd say, yes, on a broad sense, I feel content. But... I do feel like there is more that's got to be done first before mm-hmm. I'm like just done, you yeah. know? So there, there's more for me to do. Yeah. But that's I am really content cool. with that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, this has been a truly wonderful conversation. Yes. I've yeah. really enjoyed it's, this. It's good. Um, so I, we're about to kind of wrap up this, this episode, but I want to ask my all time favorite final question of any interview or Q and a, um, which is what is the best advice that you have ever received? Mm. That one's that one's tough. I've received a lot of good advice from a lot of different people. Um Wow. That is <laughs> tough. That is tough. Okay. I think some of the best advice isn't Okay, I've got a I've got a couple I'm gonna okay, mention. Okay. I'm just gonna go for it. First of all, my friend Christian, who uh, has cystic fibrosis, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, he taught me a lot growing up because, you know, being born with a fatal illness. I mean, like that's that's a big deal. Impactful. And like now, thank God, the technology is getting better and better to help with that. So mm-hmm. I mean, right now he's looking at a much longer lifespan than at birth. I mean, at, at that point it was like twenty. Yeah. That was that was the highest year. Mm-hmm. Now it's <clears throat> in like, like 55 and like rising. Wow. So it's good. It's really good. Yeah. But I don't know. He had to sit there and deal with that young mm-hmm. and I didn't exactly, but like being able to kind of watch that, the best advice he had given, and it was something that he wanted to get on a tattoo. Um, but it's just, just breathe. <laughs> like honestly, honestly, just breathe. Yeah. Take a beat. And, like, relax and just be yeah. in the moment, you know? Exist. I for Exist, yeah. That's so good. I, for, for a long time, I would just get antsy. If I yeah. was just sitting around doing nothing, I would get antsy. I'd feel like I've got to be doing something. But being able to just sit mm-hmm. and exist in the world and realize that you're just a part of it, oh, it's, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best feeling. So definitely just breathe. Totally. Um... He said he wanted to get that tattoo, something that stood for CF. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the first thing I said was, cussed freed? <laughs> and he was like, yes, yes, cussed freed. <laughs> that's what I'm going to get. I really, I hope that's what he gets on his tattoo. Yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, that is some of the best advice I've ever heard. And then, honestly, again, I say I don't like religion. But I do love, like, teachings of Jesus. Yeah. Like, I love the message that he has. And I don't know. I, as a kid, I learned the golden rule, like treat your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really dig too deep into that. I didn't really think about what that means. Being an adult and seeing how, let's be honest, shitty people can be. Yeah. And how much hate there is in the world. I think the best advice we can use now is like be empathetic, 
love your neighbor as yourself. Love mm-hmm. everyone as if they are yourself. Because, you know, in my mind, they are. Mm-hmm. Pantheism. They're, the universe is you. You are the universe. No. You're part of this. So really, if you hurt other people, you're just hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I'd say that is probably the best advice there is. And people people overlook it because it seems so simple. Yeah, that really calls back... There's a, a scripture in the Bible about... Um, where, where Jesus basically, sa- basically says, when you pass over the poor or the hurting, then y- you're hurting me. It's, it's uh, whatever you do to the least of these you've done to me. Yeah. Um, and it's like that, if, if we're looking at the universe as if everyone is divine and everything is divine, then if, if you treat me unkindly, you are treating divinity unkindly. If I treat you unkindly, I am treating divinity unkindly, and therefore also myself. Exactly. And it's like it's an extension of that golden rule. I think I think Jesus was onto it way before any of us. I think- <laughs> Really, because he yeah. talks about, you know, his father who's in heaven, but he also says that, like, we all can be children of God. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, I think people overlook, I mean, we read we read the new King James version <laughs> of the Bible, and we think the King James version is, like, the best one. <laughs> That's what we say? Okay. This translation probably isn't biased at all. No, no. King James, he was a solid dude. Yeah, nothing wrong Nothing here. wrong here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I maybe there's some translation errors or something. But <laughs> what I, I think the general idea of what he was saying is that, yeah, he's the son of God. Yep. Because we all can be. Like, we all can be mm-hmm. children of God. We all are part of God. He, he says, like, our father who art in heaven. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just meaning the universe, the oneness, the everything that we can't understand as people. And I think he knew we couldn't understand that. So yeah. he simplified it. Mm-hmm. But I think the general idea he's getting at is that pantheism, is that everythingness. Yeah. It's like, hey, do good to each other because really you're all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you're all unique and special and you have your own identity. But essentially you're part of this oneness. Yeah. So you could just... Be nice. Yeah, so please. Just be, be nice. Kind. Um, yeah, so this conversation has been freaking yeah, awesome. Yeah, this is great. Um, I love this. I'm having one. I, I love it. I can't <laughs> wait to continue. This is yeah. <laughs> um, so so we, we started our podcast today asking what we learned this week, but um, what did you learn in this conversation? Mm. In this conversation where I got to learn quite a bit about myself, I, I don't know. It's, it's helped me put into perspective what's important to me mm-hmm. and what's important for me in this podcast, I think. I think that, like, um, getting that message of love out there, getting yeah, that message totally. of just, like, being kind to other people, but also, for me, realizing what's important, those little moments in my life where I can just breathe and mm-hmm. just take all, all of this in, all of this yeah, world this and this universe, this... I think... I don't know. I didn't realize how important that was to me before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely say that's what I learned today. That's awesome. I that's love great. this. Um, all right, guys, thank you yeah, so much for tuning so much. in. Uh, tune, tune in again next week. Grab your cup of coffee. We will join back in in the Cosmic Coffee Shop and learn a bit, little bit more about the universe. And Thanks, a little bit more about Georgia Reeker. Because I will be talking next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have our coffee ready. Yeah. And Thanks, right. guys. Have a great week. Have a great week. Bye-bye, guys.